I'm just so thankful for Cora Grace and her testimony and, and what you've put on her heart to do. God, I, I just love it. The, the, all the young people that are so excited about living for you and, and that you are, you're, you're changing lives. And it's so cool to see that in, in these younger, uh, this younger generation that we sometimes feel like, man, are they lost or what is the wrong? And no, there's nothing wrong. They're they're just loving you, and 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 I pray that your 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 message, your gospel, will be uh, proclaimed to them in such a way that that it will penetrate their heart and change their lives forever. And I just thank you for Cora Grace pouring into them, and so that they can be equipped to go out into the world and 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 preach the good news. And so we are just grateful, God, for this message and. And, uh, and thank you for her and for her family, Lord. Thank you for that entire family. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Right. Thank you. Okay, so first John, little review. This is the first time I've done this without Shondell. I have to say I feel a little nervous. <laughs> and... Uh, I always know that if, if I run out of something to say, I can just turn it over to her. And yep. she, she doesn't run out of words. <laughs> uh, I, I say that in an honoring way, too. I, I tend to run out of words pretty quick. All right, so 1 John, and this is sort of a, okay, what do we, what do we know so far? What have we learned? And I think the first thing we want to just be reminded of the fact that John is an eyewitness of Jesus. And that was uh, just, it, it, it's, I think, really important that, that John proclaims the fact that he saw Jesus. He touched him. He heard him. He heard him teach. He, he was with him 24-7 for three years. And, and John, I think we can, we can all say this. He was the one, and he even said it himself, the one who loved Jesus. <laughs> I, I find that just cool. I, I don't know. I, it's, it's neat um, that he had that kind of relationship with Jesus. And he, I think he was pretty young and maybe one of the youngest in Jesus' midst. And, and probably needed Jesus, you know, almost like more than a father in a sense. And just, just somebody he just loved. So and that's, that's John, and John is reminding these readers in 1 John that, yeah, he, he saw Jesus, he touched him, and, and he was real. He was real. The, you know, Gnosticism was, was alive and well, and it was trying to, to take away the reality of, of God coming to earth. And, and John just had the privilege of saying, no, he was real. He was physical. And he left heaven because of this amazing love message. And, um, and that's what he died for. And so based on that, John gets right into, and, and we like to say, true teaching. And cycling throughout this whole letter is going to be true teaching, true living, and true loving. And John right away gets into the whole true teaching. Uh, I like the fact that John gets into the fact that uh, there is this fellowship, and the word in Greek is koinonia. 
And that is a special relationship that we all have who have committed our lives to Jesus Christ. And so this is a special bond, friendship, more than friendship. It is like a family that gets to come together. And because of what we all would claim that Jesus has done for our life. And then John gets into the fact that God is light. And in him there is no darkness at all. There is no hint. God is holy and he is pure. And, and, and so I, I kind of like this analogy. Bear with me for a moment. God is light and, and God left heaven. If, if we glimpsed the light of God, we would be consumed. God left heaven, took on humanity, took on flesh. That, in a sense, veiled his glory. That was Jesus. He still represented light like we would maybe glare or gaze at the sun. So Jesus still representing an incredible amount of light. Think about looking at the sun and feeling the sun, the warmth of it. The sun set. And that, we could say, is Jesus' death. Died on the cross. Now, of course, we absolutely believe and it is absolutely necessary. He rose again. And, and because of that, we know we have this new life, okay? This new, this new nature given by God, and it's because of Jesus. Okay, so now the sun sets. Jesus is in heaven, enthroned above. The moon comes up, and what does the moon reflect? The sun. So we now, in a sense, are like the moon that reflects the light of Jesus. So think about it that way. God is light, and we also get to reflect a bit of his light like the moon. Okay? So this is, and the reason why I like this analogy, it's kind of important, is because if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then we have this special bond, this special relationship with one another. That's this fellowship. And through that, we, we have this exposure of the light on each and every one of us that shines on every little nook and cranny and edge and crevice to reveal to us things that are not godly. Okay? And... And the reason why that is important is because he has chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. And it is our responsibility to lift one another up, to train one another in, in the way of the Lord and to walk in that and to walk in that light as he is in the light. And we could do this through the power of God who is in our life. That is the Holy Spirit. We also know and can be illuminated to all these nooks and crannies and areas where we don't want light to see through reading the Bible. So the Holy Spirit, 
convicts us of sin. These are areas that we want God. And I do. I have asked him many times. God revealed to me areas in my life of sin that you want to correct. And, and when he does it, he does do it. He does. If you ask, you'll get it. And, and so, uh, and I, I want to implore you, do it. Because it, it will change your life. And so when, when we do ask him and he shows us, and he points those things out, we have two things we must do. We must listen and we must obey. And so through the power of God, the Holy Spirit, through his word and through one another, we can be more light in this world. And we want to be that kind of radiance. We want to show that, that reflection as brightly as we possibly can. We don't want to be a sliver of the moon. And I'm talking about the body of Christ. We want to be a full moon. Projecting as much radiance of the sun as we possibly can. Of Jesus Christ. And that's, that's what John is trying to get out here. So what I want to talk about now, I want to use some of this in a means of making a segue into talking about something else that has come up in, in social media and in other, um, other platforms, and that is regarding a Super Bowl commercial. Did any of you see the Super Bowl commercial about foot washing? Yes. Okay. I, I want to talk about this just briefly. Now, believe me, I'm not going to be sitting here and casting any stones. In fact, I want to show the fact that I have a He Gets Us pen, and I have He Gets Us hats at home. Okay? Uh, these folks are not the enemy. And, and, and I, I just kind of want to say... here. Let's, let's kind of break down what we know about God's word and about the whole foot washing thing in general. Okay, so this is, this is where I want to go now. And I want to also tie it to 1 John. So, okay. What is the central message of the gospel? And that, that is... John 3.16. The central message of the gospel is for God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Foot washing. Hey, I am not going to knock it. I think it's, it's great. It, um, it's a super kind act. It's incredibly humble. Feet are gross. And, and if you think about feet in Jesus' time, uh, they were as dirty as you could possibly imagine. And, and, and those feet were protected barely by a sandal. So I can imagine, and I don't want to get too disgusting on y'all, but you step in a pile of dung, you're probably going to get some on your feet. And so one amazing act of love 
in that time is washing somebody's feet. Now, a, a beautiful story in the Bible is about a woman who, in absolute tears, before Jesus, washed his feet with her tears and wiped his feet with her hair. You, know, you want to talk about something that is disgusting? That you are putting your hair to? But this woman was so loved by God, by Jesus, she could see no other way to show her gratitude than to do that. And then she dumped perfume on his feet after she was done. That was an amazing act of love. And Jesus used that as an example in that moment to, to say that people who have been forgiven much versus people who have been forgiven little, that gets displayed in their character and how they express it. And she was expressing an extreme amount of gratitude and love for God because he had forgiven her of much. And that is love. Now, I want to get to the foot washing story uh, of the one where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. Okay, so Jesus told the disciples, go make preparations for the Passover meal. Get, get things ready. You're going to find this, this, and this. Told them very directly what to do. They went out. They did it. They get together. They're at the table. They're already reclining at the table. And then let me tell you what that is. That's basically laying down, and you probably got your feet in somebody else's face, their feet in yours. They're already at the table. They're laying down there. They're ready to eat. Jesus gets up, takes off his outer garments, wraps uh, basically a towel around his waist, and he starts, grabs some water in a basin, starts washing feet. Now, something that happened that I think is really important, probably, uh, you know, could have been days, could, it's hard to know timeline in the Word of God, but the disciples have been talking about who was the greatest. And they were kind of arguing about it. Jesus would ask, hey, what are you guys talking about? I don't think they wanted to tell him. Well, anyway, he goes on to say, hey, you know, really, if you're like a child, if you come to me like a child, you are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. That is the greatest. They weren't acting like that. They were acting a little more selfishly. So here they are at the table. Now, it's the pretty darn good chance that it was just an oversight, that they didn't make preparations to wash one another's feet, especially the Lord's. But they didn't. They may have forgotten. Maybe. Who knows? But what a perfect opportunity for Jesus to actually model something and demonstrate what it means to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven because the greatest is the one who serves. And that's what Jesus demonstrated in that moment. The greatest serves. So 
he gets to Peter. And this is where I want to actually read this. Because this is important. So Jesus, and I, I believe he's probably kind of now kneeling down before Peter. And Peter says to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And you got to love Peter. He says, then Lord, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. Now, this whole part of the story is gold to me. This is, this is where, where it all comes together. Jesus is teaching in this moment, you are clean, though not every one of you. Jesus knows the heart of every individual. He knew the heart of that woman who was shedding tears and wiping his feet with her hair. He knew her heart. He'd probably already known that she needed forgiveness and believed he could provide it. She believed that 100% because Jesus told her, your sins are forgiven. And now, what is going on here is that there's something greater than just washing dirt off of feet. Because we have got the core, the core message of Jesus Christ is that he came and died to save us. <coughs> not to wash our feet or give us the ministry of feet washing. He gave us the ministry of knowing our heart and remember the whole light and fellowship and listening to the Holy Spirit, reading the Bible and using the body of Christ, one another to speak into each other's lives. Serving God is, is taking that opportunity when needed doing it in love and speaking truth to one another Jesus did that constantly the core message I believe of Jesus is that not only did he die for us because he loved us he took away our sin forever and because of that because he took away our sin, we are not to anymore walk in it. We're to turn from that and repent. And, and what Jesus is doing here, what he is telling Peter is that, Peter, you believe in me. There's one in this group that doesn't. He was deceived. He thought he knew God. He thought he knew me, but he didn't. That person is not clean. And his whole body is not clean. Peter, you are because you believe me. And all you need to do is have your feet washed. And I hope you understand this point because the point is, is that when we confess our sins, he is 
faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, the act of confessing and the act of repenting is getting our feet washed. And that is what Jesus is teaching them. They didn't get it at the, at the moment. They understood. And there are two messages here. There truly is. One is we serve and we do it with a humble heart. And I say if, if, if it calls for it, let's wash feet. Absolutely. Let's love one another to that level. It's just about as gross as working in somebody's mouth. I did that for a long time. Um, but I, I think this message is super important because it's, it's love. And when we, when we take the opportunity to invest in each other's lives and we get to walk alongside one another, encouraging each other, training one another, and sometimes it takes exhortation. And exhort exhortation is speaking the truth in love. And sometimes we've got to do that. And it, it, it can be painful. It can be hard to do, of course. But when you do it gently and you do it in love and you can restore people's lives, that's, that's a game changer. That's a life changer. And, and so... Let, let's remember the fact that there is, there is a life, and I, you know, I do, I do love these people. He gets us. But let's make sure we hit the mark on, on what it is we're doing and what we know. And let's use the word of God as our measuring rod, our measuring stick of accuracy, so that we do present the gospel right. Because the gospel message is Jesus Christ and what he did for us because he loves us and he wants to save us from our sin because something was broken a long time ago and we have no hope without God. None whatsoever. And, and that's the message. And we get to walk in the light. And that is such a beautiful thing. And Jim, I'm going to have you come up and pray us out.